Hello everybody and welcome to the Red and Green Show. I'm your host and today we'll be recapping the first two games on the island at the Island Games, Cavalry FC versus Forge and Cavalry FC versus Valor. Here we go. Okay, welcome back Cavs fans. After a full weekend of CPL, we are ready for the analysis and recap of our two Cavs game. I'm joined by Mr. Green here in the studio. Mr. Green, how are you? Good man, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's good to be back. Yeah, we're glad to be back talking talking soccer. Uh, let's get right into it. First game of the season, Forge versus Cavs, 2-2 draw. Um, Zator scoring on a set piece. Good call in the last podcast. Congratulations. We'll get into our scoring a little later. So that was a good call by you. And then Mavilla on a penalty kick to um, tie up the game in the 94th minute. We'll get into that controversy a little bit later. Let's talk about our key players versus Forge. I want to start with Elijah Adekube, who came out of the gate and got stuck in right away. I think it was two, two challenges that were... Hard, fast, and strong in the midfield. Um, probably could have been booked a little earlier, but he set the tone right away, and I think that's what he brings to the midfield. One of the most dangerous CDMs if you're a midfielder. you got to keep your head on a swivel because he's flying in. I thought he did a really good job in the midfield. Um, who was who opened your eyes right away from the start? Probably Elijah, too. I think those, those two to three tackles he had right from the get-go got Cavs off to a good start, and that's why I think they were so dominant in the first 30 minutes. And then as we saw as the game progressed, it kind of swung in Forge's favor, but I think he really helped set the tone for him. That's a great, great analysis. Yeah, I think that um, Elijah does a great job holding down the fort. I do want to talk a little bit about the different style Cavs team that we saw in that first game, and I know it was early, and I know it was a first game, and things were sort of, uh, teams were trying to get their feet wet. But it felt different. Um, in the past, we saw so much control between Boucher and Ledgerwood. And without Boucher, we saw a lot more play out wide, I thought. Which means Cavalry possessed the ball a little less in those wide channels. There was more back and forth play. Um, we'll get into the, into the next game later. But in that particular game, I thought it was a different style. Do you agree with that? I would agree. I felt... Normally, the Cavs play it out of the back. They play it up the side, then they bring it back around. But I felt this last game, Trafford and Wielden were just hitting long balls over and over and over again. And I don't really feel like they got into a rhythm, especially as the game um, started going on and Forge really put their medal on them. So, yeah, I, I felt like they were really different in that game. And maybe first game jitters? Yeah, I can agree with that. And I think part of what you said about those long bombs is part of the reason we felt that Jordan Brown was so isolated in that game. Um, he didn't have the best performance, but he didn't see a lot of the ball either. He's used to having his back towards the center back, holding it up and laying it off. But when we're playing these long searching balls, it's difficult, more difficult for Jordan Brown um, to get involved. I, I did, however, think that we were sound defensively uh, in the first half. Novak's finish, what can you do? I mean, as Gary... Uh, 
Gareth Wheeler said in the in the analysis, it was out of nothing, really. Uh, he's, he's marking him quite well. The ball lands perfectly for a little bicycle scissor, and Carducci has no chance. So I don't hold that against the defense too much. I thought we defended quite well. Um, is that something you can agree with? Yeah, defensively, was, defensively they were rock solid. Just a great finish by Novak. What else are we going to do? Carducci's in good position. That's a world-class finish by Novak on kind of a... Not a garbage goal, but kind of unlucky bounces. Yeah, I agree. Just lack of buildup. Lands on his toe. It's in the back of the goal. 1-1. Yeah, great finish, though. Great finish. Not taking anything away because that was a really quality finish. Um, Before we get into the penalty controversy, I want to talk about the elements that they're playing out there on the island game. So, clearly the humidity is a factor. Um, Cramping, tiredness. I've never seen Cavs players look like that after... 60 minutes. Uh, I saw guys going into the drink break, hands on knees, exhausted. And usually that's what we do to opposition teams. And I don't necessarily think it's a lack of game form or being out of shape. I, I truly think that playing at this time of year in a place where the humidity is that high plays a role. And I, man, am I glad we got five subs because those jerseys, they, they start black, but they look dark blue. People were soaked. Yeah, I don't think in this type of uh, environment, I don't think you can play with three subs. Just the, the amount of cramping I've seen in every single game. Injuries that are starting to mount. It's, it's five subs is almost a necessity. So I think I think it's super important going forward. And then it's going to test definitely test the depth of both teams. Right. Okay, let's get into the penalty. Um, it's a penalty. To me, it's a penalty. Uh, I don't like the rule. But the rule says that if you extend your silhouette and it hits your arm, it's a penalty. And to the law... It was a penalty. Uh, Bobby Simi, uh, Bobby Simiotis? Smirniotis. Smirniotis. Obviously not happy with the call. And perhaps rightly so as a forward supporter, you hate to see a game get like, tied like that at the end. But the, the center back's elbow was up and it, it collided and stopped a Farsi shot that looked to be potent. Yeah, I think the shot probably didn't have enough pepper to, to score. Right. But Samuel went up, it hit his ribs, hit his triceps and hit the ground. It has to be a call. Right, it has to be. Yeah, I, I agree. By the law, that is that is the correct call. Um, if you don't like it, you got to change the rule. I think the ref uh, made the right decision there. And then I didn't know who was going to take it. Uh, I was sort of joking around saying, "Who's going to take this?" Because at this point, we'd subbed out of Kube. Ledgerwood was off. Um, Camargo was off at this point Camargo too. Was off, yeah. So I was wondering who was going to take it, and it sounds like Mavilla just stepped up confidently. That's what you need. Especially in moments like that, who's ever the most confident, doesn't matter who it is. And he stepped up, made no doubt about it. And so that uh, pushed us to the tie in the 94th minute and uh, started us and Forge on equal equal footing to start the season. Has to be. I know uh, Forge fans won't agree with the call, but if we fast forward or if we rewind to last year, we got a red card on Waterman on something awfully similar where he's sliding with his arm extended and it was a call. Yeah. So I think... Goes both ways, kind of had to be had to be made. No, I agree with that. And even in that uh, Canadian Championship last year, before Forge go down 2-0 on Carducci, you can see Zator get nicked at the top of the box, maybe a PK, but uh, lots of controversy between Forge and Cavs, and I think it's good for the game. I think people are really getting behind this rivalry, and uh, the CPL is obviously putting that at the at the forefront of the poster board. The CPL loves it. The yeah. CPL loves it. Makes for great TV. The CPL does love it. Okay, today's match was Cavalry beating Valor 2-0. to zero. 
Um, a great game for Cavs fans. A great game for Cavalry. A little bit of vintage Cavalry here in the sense that we controlled and dominated the game. Similar to what we saw last year, but different because of the new dynamic speed that we added to the midfield. I want to start by talking about how wide open that game was. I don't know if it was a difference in tactic or if... Uh, Valor's quality in the midfield was less so than Forge and their tactics were less so, but it seemed wide open. Um, there was space for Pasquati, space for Farsi, space for um, Bruno as well in the mid. And that made for exciting electric football after 20 minutes. What was your take on that? I think Calvary came out, it looked like they came out with a different mentality today. Maybe they were a little pissed off with the result from Thursday. And they were showing kind of that some of that championship pedigree that we've seen from them in the past. Um, you had Camargo and Pasquati all over the pitch today. They weren't usually they get stuck hugging the right, hugging the left, but holy were they dynamic getting forward. And let's talk about the emergence of Mo Farsi. Yeah, I was so impressed with Mo Farsi. Obviously, um, coming to Cavalry this year. Gareth Wheeler talked about it on the show. Uh, Valor had a chance to sign him last year. It's in the documentary. And the coach of Valor uh, says, asks the guy who's scouting him and says, is he 6'6"? And he says, no. And then the coach says, I'm not interested. And he sort of laughs it off. So they Valor was looking at Mo Farsi last year. And that probably hurts Valor fans a little bit right now. But Mo Farsi was electric. He was creative. He... He couldn't, he couldn't be stopped. Pace. Yeah, he, he couldn't be stopped down the wing. And he showed it when he when he won that penalty against Forge and continued it today. Uh, tell us a little bit what you what you saw from Farsi, what you liked. I like his ability to create. That's something that we usually don't get. I'm nothing against Nathan Villa because I thought he was very good versus Forge defensively. But when it comes to offensively, Farsi brings a little bit different of a dynamic. He had Boscovich behind him, a really solid defender. So that maybe freed him up to be a little bit more creative um hitting that left wing he's very strong in the left foot had an amazing ball to Haber mm -hmm. perfect ball off a uh off a transition play there and made no doubt about it so I just like his creativity going forward and I think that might have been something we were missing versus Forge no I agree with that I do want to talk about that play that landed into Haber uh Haber on the back post it was what you were talking about earlier we get Farsi on a great run down the left side, layoff to Sergio Camargo on an overlap. Camargo starts knifing in, back to Pasquati. Pasquati one-timer, looks like it's headed goalward, and then the handball to, to get the penalty. So giving those guys sort of the free roam with having all three of those guys pressing on the left side of the field worked out really well for uh, the Cavs. Let's talk a little bit about the lineup compared to the Forge game. I thought it was a better lineup Perhaps not as an experienced lineup, but the pace of Zebi in the midfield, I believe, could have been used versus Forge. Yeah, Forge is quick, remember, that from the back. Awua, Nanko, they're super fast, super athletic. So I think that was maybe something we were missing. And when you bring Farsi, you bring Zebi in a little bit more youth, not as experienced, but very quick, electric. That's kind of maybe what Cavalry is missing. And I felt in this match, that's what made the difference. Valor was all over the pitch. They couldn't track their midfielders. They couldn't track the guys going forward. I felt Haber was amazing today. Me too. Right? Brown, kind of a disappearing act versus Forge. Maybe it was the game style, maybe not. Yeah. But Haber today, right from the get-go, tackles in the air. Great fit, like I just talked about. Great finish. 
I felt this lineup was much, much better than, than the opening one. Um, couple takeaways. Boscovich, what did you think of him? Um, I thought Boscovich was was rough. I, like, he's a good player, but when I say rough, I mean physical. I just think back to that challenge in the midfield. Just cleaning out. I can't even remember who it was. I think it was Forge's captain. No, or it was Valor's captain. He got crushed. It, it, it was late. It was from behind. <laughs> it was physical. But, I mean... People hate playing cavalry, and that's part of the reason why. Um, I do think Boscovich got lucky in the 84th minute, not getting called a pen against him there. But for a debut, uh, I thought he did a good job on the back line. I do want to go back talking about uh, Haber, though. I was so impressed. Not His goal was amazing. His hold-up ability was good. He drew two fouls. But the big thing to me was there's a play in the, at the end of the first half, beginning of the second half, right before he comes off, and he loses the ball but chases down the center back on a back track and provides pressure from the back. And then Adekubi and Zebi are able to win it right back. So we didn't see him pull up. We saw him press and play hard for, for 60 minutes, which I really, really did enjoy. Um, as for the Jordan Brown thing, I think Jordan Brown would have been better today because of the way that Cavalry was playing. But no question, looking at the results, I would have liked to see Haber against Forge. Yeah, yeah. I think Haber, Haber's got the right to start the next game that's that's my thoughts definitely yeah i can agree with that okay let's talk about we talked about the first goal a little bit great uh great header by haber great ball by farsi the pk um Ser- cheeky yeah sergio cheeky. camargo go tell what did you what did you think when you saw it i dropped to my knees and started laughing incredibly hard that was that's a finish for the ages. I that takes a lot of balls to pull off, and Camargo stepped up there and and did it. Yeah, um, the Panenka, a, a chip on your birthday. It was uh, celebrating with a bottle of El Hemador. Yeah, I saw that tweet. Yeah, CPL or one soccer got him. I think Sergio's gonna be. <laughs> He's gonna be drinking good tonight. Yeah. So Camargo's composure on the uh, on the PK was was impressive and the celebration showed the confidence I think sort of exuding confidence to be able to pull that Paneka there however and we kind of argued about this Camargo maybe should not have been on the pitch because of that challenge he put in against Baptiste I think he's probably like Gail said probably still getting the studs (laughs) off his face but that's a t- that's a tough one. I felt like the ref was out of position at that time. Right. And of course, with LVAR, you do lose the ability to make that bang bang call. So, I think yellow, maybe a red. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I thought for sure red. Yeah, you thought straight red. I I let, I let you know right away. I I saw the exact same challenge from Rebic in AC Milan versus Juventus this season, and it was a straight red. I think part of the problem was though. The AR was on the other side because of how they set up, right? Yeah. So it would it would have been far for the AR, like you said, sort of far for the ref. But to cut a guy's face open like that, I think it's dangerous play, and I think we got lucky there. So, um, I think Valor has the right to feel a little bit hard hard done by, especially then. Of course, he scores the penalty on a Panenka. I mean, that's just salt in the wound. But well done, Sergio. Got lucky on your birthday. Perhaps uh, should have been sent off. One thing I did want to ask you is, what did we think of Valor? Um, we've seen him before. They've added, I believe it was 10 new starters, including Pantamis, the Montreal Impact on loan keeper. What did we think? I felt like they were okay. 
the guys from they got from TFC two I thought were good. Julian Dunn, he had a pretty good game. Maybe a little overhyped. I was expecting them to push back a little more, but as far as scoring chances, they didn't really have any that really tested Carducci. No, tested. Sh- no shot on that. Oh, they had none. Yeah, that's that's what it felt like. Yeah. And they didn't really, like, I felt like uh, Trafford, Zator, and Boscovich really weren't under pressure all day. So defensively, I felt like they held up. I mean, they didn't allow eight goals. Yeah. So, I mean, Gale will probably consider that a win. Right. But as far as attacking, I felt like they literally had nothing. Right. So defensively, yes, but midfield forwards, Gale might have to hit the reset button or find something from somewhere, but... No, I can agree with I th- that. I think we're probably looking at a 6-8 to eight finish for Valor this time around. I, I think Valor also feels a little hard done by in the sense that they're playing a team that's already played. I think the question among Valor and uh, Edmonton expo- uh, supporters are, why aren't we playing each other? For- who's, who's, whose fault is that, though? Or, like, who's at, who's at a bigger advantage here? So that's, so that's the both way to look at it, right? You got a tired Cavalry or a fresh Valor who's playing their first game. I would, I mean... Let, let's just let's just think of it logically. When you're starting any sports season, it's got to be the two finalists. That's every sport. That's just how it kicks off. I agree. Right? Scheduling. And then if you put Valor versus Edmonton on Thursday, who's going to play on Sunday? Right. Right. Just scheduling. It has to be. Right. Right. It just, it has to be. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a fair point. Yeah. I, I just thought that the way that Rod Gale addressed the media calling it a preseason game sort of felt the vibe that they had some stuff that they still had to kink, uh, work out. I think you do have to work out the kinks, but I, I mean, going into a, a Calvary team on less than 72 hours rest, right? Right. Pasquati got subbed early. Camargo came off early. Mm-hmm. And then I think we had used four subs by about the 63rd minute. Yeah. So I don't know, facing a tired Calvary team is probably a win, but I can see where Gale might be a little frustrated, but it's a sprint, right? It's not a marathon this time around. So you got to be sharp right from the get go. And unfortunately for Valor, they just, they weren't. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's correct. I think after the first 20 minutes, Cavalry found a way in and didn't look back. Um, I do want to mention one thing that looks really good for Cavalry is we haven't seen all the horses yet, and we've been showing off our depth to the league. Uh, the substitutions that are coming in, we're bringing in names like Jordan Brown, Elliot Simmons, Nick Ledgerwood came off the bench today, and we haven't even seen Cordova yet. We haven't seen... Um, Hernandez yet so more help on the way but our depth is already likely the best in the league if you can agree with that Forge's depth did impress me a lot mm-hmm. when you got Thomas Schwanier coming off the bench um, Samuel coming off the bench so um, I felt they do have a lot of depth which I was worried about until today's game okay and today's game with I think we started four new starters five, five. New starters five new starters I felt like starting five new guys now i feel like calvary can compete with forge again for the title so i felt like our depth today over sean last game where i was a little bit worried going forward so that was that one ironed out a bunch of kinks and i feel very confident in calvary going forward overall this game was fun to watch as a cavalry fan wide open cavalry dominated and we got to see a lot of new pieces in the puzzle so great result for cavalry fans Okay, looking forward to next match, which is Thursday, El Clasico, Cavalry versus FC Edmonton. Um, FC Edmonton played Forge today and lost 2-0. Uh, great goal by Awua and then an own goal in late into injury time. 
Um, however, there's a big issue for Edmonton that happened today, and unfortunately, Amir Didich was Olivier Oliver Platt tweeted that Amir Didich was crutching over to the bus with ice around the ankle, so it doesn't look him good for him to play on Thursday. Um, how did you think they looked for his forge today? I thought they looked not bad. They were composed. Um, obviously, it was one zero for most of the game on a strike mm-hmm. from Aua. Mm-hmm. That's world class. Yeah. No, most goalies probably won't save that. So that's an amazing finish by him. But I felt like they held their own. Um, going forward, I think I saw 12 shots. That was what they finished with. Only two on target. So not a lot of great opportunities on uh, Henry. But um, composed. But with Didich gone, can that back four, back three stabilize when you got Calvary coming on full rest? Yeah, and I, I don't think they can. I think that Didich is a huge loss that sort of will change the way that Edmonton may play versus Cavalry. I think with a healthy lineup, they come at Calgary trying to win back El Clasico, but now I really do think they have to be more cautious if Amir Didich doesn't start. Um, obviously hoping he's healthy. You never like to see a player get hurt, but I think that changes the way that FC Edmonton will approach the game. Do we want to get into your prediction for that game? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to for some redemption. Yeah, so let's talk about this first. Um, Cavalry Kid 3, Ca- Mr. Green 1. As you know, I correctly predicted the score of the Forge game and the two scorers of today's game. Meanwhile, Mr. Green correctly predicted the scorer, the scorer of the Forge game calling as a tour shot. I don't even think you gave your scorers today. I did not. I ah, did not. well, that's just your own fault. <laughs> but, I mean, if I was to predict, I think I had Haber and Camargo scoring, so... Okay. Yeah. So, well, I, th- I think I'll probably take points for that one. 1.5. One yeah, I'll take a point. 1.5. Yeah, I'll take a point for today. 1.5, for sure. Oh, I'll get a half point Yeah. for a late prediction. Yeah. I'm right. good with that. This isn't a charity prediction. Um. Okay, let's hear it. You can go first. Who do you want... What do you think the result's going to be? Is Didich playing? Let's say no Didich. 2-0. Another 2-0. Another two-score game. They're not, they're not scoring on Cavalry on Thursday. There's no way. Okay. And who's... The, re- the reason I say this is because if Didich is out, mm-hmm. they're going... Paulus is going to have to make a new game plan where they're going to have to put a couple more guys behind the ball. Right. Right? Because I don't think you'll be able to afford pushing seven, eight guys going forward without your rock in the back. Without him, that's a very good player obviously a canadian national team player that they're going to be missing so do they park the bus a little bit more and take less chances probably right that's my prediction so i'm gonna go i'm gonna say 2-0 just because i don't think that edmonton was gonna have the quality to get by because the tour matches up so good with ongaro right so yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 2-0 my goal scorers i'm gonna say chuck me down for another one for haber Mm -hmm. i think haber's gonna score one and then ledgerwood's gonna score one on a free kick Haver and a Ledgerwood set piece. Um, okay, and you know what? Two nothing. It seems to be every every team scoring two goals these days in the in the bubble. Uh, two nil, two nil, two two, two two, two two. So lots of twos. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say. <laughs> he doesn't know, folks. He's I'm, worried on this one. I think I, I'm gonna take the lead. I'm gonna say three zero, and I'm gonna give you Camargo. On a penalty. No, hopefully not. I can't no. see that disrespect to another <laughs> to another keeper. Camargo, give me Farsi, and actually give me Zebi. Do you think Farsi and Zebi are going to be in the lineup? 
I think we'll see them. I think we'll see them both, uh, whether it's after the 60th minute or whatever. Yeah. But I I do think that after Farshi's performance today and how Zebby played in the midfield, we sort of need them. You uh, can't keep, keep those two off the pitch. No, you can't. You can't. And it's hard to contain them when they're on the pitch. Yeah. So I'm going to go Camargo, Farsi, Zebby. Uh, I was going to go Haber, but I'd hate to split a point with you if we both get it right. That's okay. I'll take the point. I'll get back in the lead. <laughs> so, um, Cavalry winning against FC Edmonton on Thursday in El Clasico. The big storyline, as mentioned, was a Didich injury, which will change the way that Paulus's team has to line up. Okay, Cavalry fans, thank you for tuning in. I think the, we can expect podcasts to come out every two games because of the way the CPL is set up right now. Three on, four off, three on, four off. So you will hear from us next after... Uh, our next two games thank you for listening please follow cavalry kid on twitter uh i give live tweets during cavalry games underscores kid cavalry underscore, underscore kid that must be why no one's following <laughs> you're getting no love because we're given the wrong twitter name cavalry underscore kid correct and mr green what's your handle cavalry green cavalry or, green i know green. we don't we got rid of the green jerseys this season but we're still green at heart. Mr. Green lives in infamy. We do. We do. <laughs> and so, hang on. I need to give a shout out. We had we had predictions on tw- Twitter today. Right. And L underscore T-O underscore D correctly predicted 2-0. Yes. So L- huge shout out to him. That's amazing. LTO Bianetio, well done. Um, thanks for tweeting in your your remarks. And you know what? If you keep if you keep as accurate as I am, we can put you on the scoreboard maybe for predictions coming in. You better let's put him on there. Yeah. He's get, he gets a point. Let's put LTO on here for sure. But I don't think he's gonna catch me. Like I mentioned today, crystal balls on sale with the way I've been calling <laughs> games. Um I will not be this confident when things start going south. Anything else to add, Mr. Green? No. I'm looking forward to another big week. Obviously El Classico. Oh, Cavs fan, one alert game changes or game time changes. 8 p.m. Eastern. For El Clasico. Yes. Game check. And and on the Thursday, the 27th. So we got 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain starts. So that's that's a plus. I think that's a plus for the players. I think it's a minus for us watching on one soccer. However, I didn't like the quality during the night of the of the footage. Oh, either. But for, for work or for working people. Right. right? If we have 10, 10 a.m. Mountain games, yeah. lots of people won't be able to watch. So I think this gives the Cavs regiment... They can get a little like get a little loose at Rose and Crown and kill dares. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Okay, looking forward to hearing from everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening in.